This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Yankees tied with Tampa 4-4. The home runs are back. Gleyber Torres, a home run. Anthony Rizzo, a home run. And uh, Marvin Gonzalez had a deep fly out. But we're seeing some, there's some signs. There's some signs here. So that's got to make you feel better if you're a Yankee. Better. Better. Not great. Better. Getting better. Showing some signs. Take a deep breath. Now you can't lose this one. <laughs> you can't lose this one. There's not an option. Not an option. The Mets do And see, this is... Atlanta is a fantastic ball club. And I know they're going to be around. They're not going away. But the thing that bothers them is to get to Kenley Jansen, their closer, it, it's a bit rocky for them. And so here was an opportunity for them to shut down the Mets and have a chance at Diaz again, who was going to come back to get a six-out save in the ninth inning and have a chance to try to get a you know steal a win and cut that lead further. Okay? So now with the 9-5 lead that the Mets have, Trevor May is coming on to pitch and you will save Edwin Diaz, so you don't need him now. So you just hope that Trevor May can come in and do what he's supposed to do and have a nice 1-2-3 tidy inning and uh, the Mets have a chance to go for the for the split tomorrow night behind Jacob DeGrom. And then if that happens, you're right where you came in. Okay? You're right where you came in. And you only have to play Atlanta three more times. Which means they got to find somebody else to try to help them to move closer to the Mets. So it's a good feeling. You feel it's a, it's a little better. It's it's a little a little breathing room, a little breathing room down in Atlanta. Now, I'm going to tell you, Atlanta's bats can still do something, all right? And how about the kid, Patty, right? Oh, he home run, first at, first at bat. I like him already. <laughs> I like him already. I really do. I think he's going to be something special. Because he got a yeah, home run in his first at bat. That that tells you something. <laughs> tells you something. So the NBA schedule has been released. And looking quickly, looking over the Knicks schedule. And um <laughs> it's not like listen, it's not like it's <laughs> it's not like uh the NFL schedule where you go, ooh, look at the ooh. <laughs> because there's so many more games. But I will say, uh, in looking at the schedule, they go, let me see, make sure that I have this right, because I believe the margins, right, Blue's home, okay. So as I look at this next schedule, November jumps out at me right away. Okay? November does. Uh, they've got Utah, 
on the 15th. Denver on the 16th, so that's a back-to-back, off day. Then they've got Golden State on the Friday, off Saturday, and then they've got Phoenix and OKC back-to-back Sunday, Monday. And by the way, they have OKC at the Garden on Sunday the 13th before they start that road trip out west. And then they go out west. Did they go out west again? Yes, they go out west again in March. Sacramento, Clippers, Lakers, Portland. And then they're home for Denver. Uh, Of course, they are playing on uh, Dr. King's birthday, as they always do. Of course, as we mentioned, they are playing on ESPN on Christmas Day against Philadelphia. They, as they usually do, they will start the Christmas Day proceedings at noon get you ready Christmas day on the Sunday this year. So, you know, Christmas day, Knicks, NFL, not a lot of folks will be watching (laughs) Knicks Philly. There's going to be some NFL going on here, but, um, the regular season, they start on the road, October 19th at Memphis. And the home opener is Friday, the 21st against Detroit. And will Donovan Mitchell be here by then? Will Donovan Mitchell be a part of the Knicks? As I look at the schedule, I'm I'm curious about that because Donovan Mitchell has already tweeted that he's going to be at Rutger tomorrow, Rutger Park, for the championship. Once again, just happened to be in the city. Hey, you know, just want you to know I'm around. I mean, if there's anybody politicking <laughs> to try to get on this team, hey, you know, I, I love I'm I love New York. I'm from here. I really enjoy the town. I really enjoy the city. You know, I'm I'm here all off season. I wouldn't mind being here full time. And the athletic did report that conversations have been reopened between the Knicks and the Utah Jazz. So does that mean that they are ready to move off? Is Utah ready to move off their exorbitant demands because they're not getting the response from other teams that they would like? Is that possible? Is it possible that Donovan Mitchell has quietly said he doesn't want to be back, doesn't want to be part of a rebuilding situation? Or is Utah just checking in? Hey, what's up next? Listen, uh, you know, it's been some, how's your summer been? I know the weather's been a little warm back there in the East. Uh, you know, what, what are you, what are you thinking about here? Uh, any, any news, uh, you know, any thought process on what we're trying to get done here? I don't know. I don't know. I know there's a number of you who have called and made it clear that you're okay with the team, the way it is, right? You love the young players. You don't want to necessarily make a move and, 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 you know, bring in Mitchell because you're not sure what that's going to look like now with Brunson and you have such a small backcourt. I get it. Uh, But, you know, it it would be interesting to see just where this goes. And once again, I, I really, really like the way the Knicks have handled it thus far. They haven't jumped. They haven't said, okay, we, we really got, let's give away everything. We got to have Donovan Mitchell. 
they're trying to do it on their terms, as close to their terms as possible. And that's the way it should be. And it's okay for a trade to work out for both teams, right? But And it doesn't have to be that one team gets fleeced by the other team. That's a long single. <laughs> that is a long single. Starling Marte almost had it. He reached out. It was just out of his reach. So Atlanta would run this at first and third with one out as they bat in the bottom of the ninth. So it is interesting to see what, what ultimately will happen. And you know what? I'll say this, and I'll go out on a limb here. I'll say this. If Donovan Mitchell does not come to the Knicks, it would be disappointing to some fans, but I think to a lot of fans, the way it was handled, they would feel they'd be okay with it. They'd understand. Okay, you'd love to have the talent, and it would be Tom Thibodeau's job to figure out how the pieces fit and how you play the defense and what you do offensively and the starting rotation and all that other stuff. That's what he gets paid to do. And I know there's, like I said, there's a lot of Nick fans who would really say, you know what, I I, I want him. I want him. I, I want that guy. I want the power. I want some offense. I want some entertainment. I want. To, I think he'd be worth eight, nine, ten more wins because you you need talent. Talent's what makes you better. Okay, we, we could score some more. We could do some things. We have different options on the floor. We could do something. But I think the way it's been handled, if it doesn't go through, I think the backlash would be less than previously stated. I just do. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. Trevor May's trying to hurt me, guys. He's trying, but he got a big strikeout. So now the Mets are one out away from a nice win in Atlanta. 9-7. Trevor May on the mound trying to get it done. Scott Efron's on the mound in the Bronx with the run on first and two out. He's been very good. He's been good. Sidearm guy from Chicago. He's been, he's been, he's been. He's gotten a lot of work in that bullpen. That tells you he's he kind of got into the circle of trust rather quickly. He had the, his application was they must have put a expedite expedited request on his application because he's been in there a lot. <laughs> he really has, and he's been effective. So it's a it's a nice job as the Yankees trying to keep it right there so they have a chance to win it in walk off fashion in the bottom of the ninth which would be, uh, you know, a welcome change. Yeah, got the strikeout, so they have a shot. Kelly Jansen is uh, starting to loosen up in Atlanta just in case. Just in case. Mike's in Queens. What's up, Mike? Good evening, Larry. How are you? I'm doing great. Mike, how are you? Uh, I'm better now at the Mets won the dawn game. It's a nine five climb making center trying to give me a heart attack. But uh the Knicks, I I believe the Knicks would have been better off 
if they do get Donovan if they do get Donovan Mitchell, we would have been better off playing for him and not getting Brunson. Because I believe the pair of Brunson and Mitchell, yeah, it's good on the offensive end. But on the defensive end, it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Back to size and their offensive players. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that'll matter because I, I don't think they'll get Mitchell because I know last month I leave the gym, you put on the radio, Peter Roseberg saying, oh, it's going to happen. It's a done deal. You got him tweeting, God is good, Donovan Mitchell. And one month later, he's not here. And from, and from, and from what I understand, they don't want R.J. Barrett because they'll have to pay him money. Mm-hmm. So if you're the Knicks, you keep R.J. Barrett and you get Mitchell. Well, if you're the Knicks, that's a good trade. So I don't understand why they w- wouldn't do it. I believe they have made offers. I think I just I, I don't I don't know what the hold up is. I don't think it's going to happen. And like I said, if you're the Knicks, you you I believe you you you'll be better off not getting Brunson, going all in on Mitchell, and getting a bigger the bigger more defensive minded point guard because Brunson needs the ball. Barrett needs the ball. Randall needs the ball. Mitchell needs the ball. There's only one ball, Larry. Yeah. Hey, I don't think those four combined would, would be a good fit. Well, you, you might be right, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. Um, but I do think that if you have the opportunity to uh, you know, try to get him, then you have to. Uh, you're right. But then what you do is it's up to your coaching staff to figure it out. Okay. One of these guys has got to go. One of these players has got Okay, hold on. I'll, I'll finish my thought, I promise. I'll finish my thought. Tom, I'm going to ask you a question. Turn on the mic, please. Yes, Larry. Aaron Hicks is coming up to pinch it. Your thoughts? Oh, dear God. <laughs> That's all I got to say is, oh, dear God. God. You know, Larry, I was joking with you earlier that I thought he would ground into a double play at some point tonight. Glaber ended up doing it, so I was yes. close. You were close. But, but um, you know what? I'm going to have confidence in Aaron Hicks. Unlike many Yankee fans, including myself, I'm going to be confident here until okay. he inevitably strikes out. But All right. We'll see. I hear you. I hear you. Harvey, turn on the mic, please. Yes, sir. I know you are a Yankee fan. Your thoughts? Aaron Hicks leading off, pinch hitting, bottom of the ninth. I wouldn't do it. Um, I'm guessing uh, Boone knows something better than I do. Um, but I'm going to, uh, you know what? Um, it's easy to be negative. I'm going to join Tom on this positivity uh, train that could be a roller coaster. Um, we'll see how this goes right now. All right. So I these two are staunch Yankee fans. That's why I asked them. And is this is this Aaron Boone trying to put his give his guy some positive vibes to give him some confidence after a tough day and after a tough day and a day off is is this something that he can that he can feel good about well he made contact went probably made contact all right so we'll we'll keep an eye out what's going on here uh but as i was saying about the Knicks, that you, you you get the talent and your coach's job is to figure it out. But one of these guys has got to go because the salaries have got to come close to what Donovan Mitchell is making. So 
I would think Evan Fournier's got to be. I know it's it's either Fournier or Derrick Rose. All right, and and Tom Thibodeau would lay down in front of the Nick door, the gym of the the door of the Knicks gymnasium up in Westchester before he would let Derrick Rose leave. Right, so I think it would probably be Fournier if 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 they had a choice. The reason why they don't want Barrett is because Barrett's coming up and he's going to be he's due to make some money, and they don't want to be in that situation where they got to pay him a franchise contract. All right. So they would rather pay somebody that, you know, that's already getting money and it could be like an expiring contract or something of that nature after a year or two. And then they'll, or they'll make a deal or buy him out or whatever they want to do, but they don't want any long-term contracts here. It's not what they want. It's not what they're looking for. Not what they're looking for at all. Okay. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that and see if indeed, if indeed, if it happens. But once again, you figure it's starting to open up again as we start to get closer. Deals are going to start. Conversations are going to happen. I don't know if conversations are going to happen about Kevin Durant, but this is the time as you start to move into September. As, as we get to September, that's when conversations start to happen again to see what's going on. Nick's filed the ball office for you. Looks like, you know, he's okay. Somebody just said, oh, man, terrible. You guys are terrible. You're terrible. Now, while I'm monitoring uh, Hicks here, let me just share this with you, ladies and gentlemen. What you saw tonight, hey, Mets win the game. I'm good. But out of all the moves they made, and I've already apologized to Billy Epler and Steve Cohen and the Mets brass for the guys because they brought these guys in and these guys have made big contributions. They have. But I, I needed another bullpen arm. I needed another bullpen arm. And I'm just, that's, I, I'm a little concerned about my bullpen. Now, obviously, I know that as you get to the postseason, your start, a couple of your starters can go into that pen. I get it. McGill can go into there. Peterson can go in there. You know, I get it. I get it. But, and and I like Trevor May. But in a spot like that, Lugo's been better. But he pitched yesterday. And, you know, you really, you don't really like using him two days in a row. So that's, that's my, that's, that's my concern. That they need some help in that bullpen, another guy to be in that, uh, you know, to be in that circle of trust would make me feel a little bit better. Well, listen, I'll say this. I'll say this. Uh, Aaron Hicks battled, followed up a couple of tough pitches, but um, he struck out. And the ball got away, and he hustled to first. He did his best. It just, it just didn't work. So now you got Benintende and Judge to see if they can make it happen. When we come back, are we talking about who's? Are we talking about here we go with that runner on second and next innings again, or are we talking about a Yankee walk off? We'll find out next on ninety eight seventy ESPN. 
This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Right now, I am uh, with the Mets having given me just a bit of uh, agita. Agita, however you like to pronounce it. Uh, I'm now watching this game. Try, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of trying to make my guys feel a little better here. So I'm kind of trying to send them some positive vibes here. I'm, I'm trying to. See, see, you know, see what happens. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, what's up? Hey, y'all. How you doing, big bro? I'm doing great, my friend. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Listen, your first hour, you were talking about Daniel Jones. You know, um, part of the reason why he's had so many fumbles, the interceptions, you know, they, they, they've been bad. But the reason why he's had so many fumbles is because of his pocket awareness. That's his biggest problem, and I don't even know if they could change that. I mean, he takes some of the most hellacious blindside hits that I've ever seen from a quarterback. Like he just like he doesn't feel the rush. And that's why he gets hurt as well, you know? Um the way the game is officiated now though, you were talking to a gentleman and he was saying um, you could win without having great quarterback play. I don't know if I agree with that because um in the last twelve Super Bowls, if you look at it, every one of the quarterbacks was a Hall of Famer, except for Flacco and um this guy Nick Foles, but they both had like played the games or the playoff series of their lives. Their mm-hmm. quarterback play was exceptional. In 2015, the Broncos won with Peyton Manning not playing exceptional, but their defense was like tailor-made for what Cam Newton was good at. So that kind of, you know, negated that. Um, But you know what, bro? Like, with all the discussion about Wilson um, and how poorly he's played and his decision-making and all these different things, you know, what's going under the radar is that Silas was defensive coach and um, the defense looked abysmal last year. And starting out this year, it's not looking good. Nope. But – what I would say is, what I disagree with Keyshawn Johnson is, is this, is um, I don't think that Salah was in on that decision to pick Wilson. I think that that was a Woody Johnson, Joe Douglas decision. You know, Woody Johnson has a specific type of quarterback that he likes. And, uh, I, I, you know, when Salah comes to San Francisco, you know what kind of quarterback they want to have over there. He wants a mobile guy who can run and throw. I don't know if Wilson was necessarily a choice he had to make, you know, or had so much input in. But, in terms of Salah's um, existence, in, like I discussed with you a thousand times, I, I can't evaluate anything that's going on because the defense has been behind the eight ball so much with the futility of the offense, you know, where Wilson was playing uh, outside of the Mike White game and, um, you know, the game, uh, the Indianapolis Colts game. What I'll say is this, you know, let's say Salah's defense comes out here this year and when they have all the pieces in place, you know, uh, Reggie White, uh, also known as Carl Wilson, <laughs> when he comes back and everybody's in place, let's say that they're a top 10 defense. Mm-hmm. And when Wilson gets back on the field, he just looks absolutely horrible. I would be inclined to give Salah another year. And, you know, I guess I would have to take Joe Douglas because you don't want to split that up. You know what I'm talking right. about? But uh, I don't think that, that that would be fair to him because – he's kind of been working from behind the eight ball. Now, if the defense looks horrible and he can't get it right, then what that really will just mean is San Francisco had a better job of drafting players because their defensive players were studs. So it'll start to look like maybe it was more about the, the talent that was there than necessarily his scheme or, 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 you know, his direction. But we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. This is a, this is a big year for – we're talking about – and thanks for the phone call, brother. We're talking about what, Zach Wilson and – you know, the running game and the defense. and all. This is a big year for Robert Sala. It is. And, he, you know, you, I see him on the interviews and everything, and he looks great. And I'm very curious because I believe uh, I believe uh, 
Don and Peter are at Giants camp tomorrow, so that's going to be interesting. But, um, you know, when he was talking to them and when he was talking with uh, uh, Dave and Rick, he's a nice guy. He, you love his enthusiasm. You see that he has, he, he has a, a passion for the game. But sometimes coordinators don't necessarily make great head coaches. Okay? And what's sad is when you are really good on one side of the football and you turn that over to somebody else who understands but may not have the feel that you have, okay, may not have the just, just, they they understand what you do, but you kind of know it a little bit better. There's Because everybody has a different style. And so that's the that's the thing that you wonder, will he have to either modify or take over play calling defensively or overrule some plays defensively or whatever? Because this is a year for the Jets that they have to show some improvement. Okay, this is a year where they have to win seven, eight games. I mean, they have to. They have to. They can't win four or five games again this year. They can't. They can't. Not after the way they played last year. There's got to be some improvement with this team that you can see. Okay, it has to. They have to. They have to. And so... Yes, this is a big year for all the play. We got it. This is a you, you want to see what the young but Brees Hall, you want to see what he Bryce Hall, you want to see what he brings to the table. Okay. Michael Carter showed you something last year, running back. It was kid Gary Wilson. You want to see what happens. Corey Davis was a big free agent signing. You want to see if he can make some plays. The tight ends, you could see a difference in them and what they could bring to this offense already. Even in the first, even in the first game with a couple of reps. You could see what they bring to the table. But once again, it's it's going to be this defense. And just saying, for Jalen Hurts to start out 6-6 six and six and march right down the field in the first preseason game, and I get it's vanilla and I get that. Okay, that's not, that's not what you're looking for to see if there's improvement in your defense. And for me, it wasn't so much that Aside from it being six for six and he marched down the field, the concern was the confusion that you saw in the secondary about guys not sure where they're going to be. Okay, it happens. It's the first preseason game. I get it. But when people are looking and you're looking to gauge on where you are, right, and you're looking to figure out, okay, where, where are we taking that next step? And the defense has got to be it. They're looking with all this pressure that we're talking about. Oh, Zach Wilson's got to do this. Zach Wilson's got to do that. The identity of this Jets team is tough physical defense and running the football. And oh, by the way, Zach Wilson will make a couple of plays. That's what they're trying to do with this team. They're trying to ease the pressure. They're not trying to put the full load on Zach Wilson where he's got to throw the ball 35, 40 times for them to get wins. Okay, they're not trying to turn him into Justin Herbert. They, they want him to be a guy that can make some plays, 
Don't turn the football over. It's almost like a game manager, but not quite. Okay? They don't want to limit him to that extent. But that's what they're looking for, is the running game to take a lot of pressure off, so and rightfully so, so that, you, so that defenses are not dictating to you what you want to do with your offense. Because last year, when they had trouble running the football, they would stack eight, nine in the box and dare you to throw. Okay, well, this year with some tight ends, they can stack eight, nine in the box, but you get a couple of tight ends, a couple of drives, a couple of catches. Okay, they're going to have to pull those safeties out or out of the box. And then you'll be able to run and pass and do some other things. So, but really, the defense is what you're really looking for. And with the additions they made, uh, you want to see Ahmed Sauce Gardner, what he's going to be able to do in the secondary. Uh, you know, what from the safeties, what they're going to do. That's what you really need to see for this Jet team. How are they going to improve defensively? Because that's going to dictate a lot. And it should also, by them forcing some turnovers and really playing tough and pinning opposition offenses back, then hopefully you get a short field for your, for your offense when you get the ball back. Okay, and, and that makes some, some easy scores. And that would be a good thing. That's what you're hoping for. That's what you're hoping for. 